0: Hello and welcome to episode 96 of RH Cast. I am Stephen, the web design... No, I'm not the web design, that's Harry. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, fools? This is Nigel McGuinness. This is Ring of Honours Adam
1: Cole. This is the king of old school, Steve Carino. This is Nick and Matt Jackson. What up, what up? This is your boy, A.T.H. Hey, this is T.J. Perkins. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mike Bondo. This is Bobby Fish, one half of Red Dragon. It's the hit boy, Rhett Titus, and you're listening some... to the ROH Podcast, or is it ROHcast Cast on ROHworld.com?
0: They say they made all podcasts equal. Well, they were wrong. Resting, right? These three guys are something like FBI agents. Be careful. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 96 of the ROH Cast. I'm Stephen. I'm the editor and co-owner of rhworld.com, and today I'm here with John, who is the American Bearded Nightmare. How's it going? Uh, Harry He's not with us again today, Um, he is, uh, well, he's he's with the investors, that's what he's told us, whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. Uh, Hopefully we can deliver a good podcast to you today, regardless of that, and hopefully there'll be no buffering, but we cannot, uh, we can't make any promises, but hopefully there won't be. Uh, lots to get through today, actually. We've got Best in the World review, uh, obviously spoilers from the TV tapings, and there's uh, been quite a, a lot of news uh, fallout from Best in the World as well, so we'll discuss all of that this week. Uh, I suppose we'll start with Best in the World, the uh, iPay-per-view from last Saturday. Um, John, I know you watched it live. Uh, I, I didn't. I, was, I wasn't I was able to watch it live, but... I wasn't able to watch it live, though <laughs> so I tried to. Um, well we'll go through the matches and we'll, we'll discuss the results and discuss what you can. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the show kicked off surprisingly, in my opinion with BJ Whitmer defeating Mike Bennett with an exploder suplex. Uh, was you a bit surprised to see this one opening the show as well? I was, but I'm glad they got it out of the way.
1: Well, I would have been glad they got it out of the way if I was able to watch the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. It was, but it was a this bit seems weird like, weird. yeah, this seems like one of those matches you'd put uh, between like two other bigger matches to kind of give the crowd a break,
0: but, it makes sense to, to go in the in the opening How, was it a good opener um, no not really I, I i didn't particularly like it it was it wasn't a bad match it was just exactly what i thought it would be it was just sort of there if it, it filled a, a spot on the card and didn't really do much i mean uh, I, I suppose it you know escalated bennett's sort of uh escape, I say escape from brutal barby you know, at, at the end uh, the one that's given Brutal Bob is Adam and Cole. They will <laughs> just what, pound a sweet, delicate mouth. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, Bob tried to get involved and ended up more or less costing Bennett the match. And after the match, I think Maria was just basically in Bennett's ear, telling him that it was Brutal Bob's fault. So it looks like Brutal Bob and Bennett are finally over. Um, yeah, the match itself is, as I said, it was more or less what I expected. It it wasn't great. It was it was a typical Mike Bennett match, really. It was a bit slow. Um did, did this one suffer from a lot of buffering?
1: Um, I want to say this one time, if you ask this throughout the sh- throughout <laughs> the uh, review,
0: the answer is yes. Okay, then I'll just I'll just sort of uh I'll take that as a yes. Well, it it reaction.
1: did get better um during the second half of the show. Like the first half was unwatchable. Right. But the second half of the show it did get slightly better, but it was still it would still play for maybe 30 seconds, then buffer for 10 seconds. Play for 30 seconds, buffer for 10 seconds. So you'd get an idea of what was going on, yeah. but it'd be way too choppy to get into any match. And the thing, I think what happened, I'm no expert on technology. You can ask Harry about this. I <laughs> text him all the time. Uh, how do I get on the internet? <laughs> but there were, I realized that there was no option to control your quality. Oh, yeah, we've had that before, screen. haven't we? Yeah. And, if, and it seemed like every time it got into the highest quality possible, it'd start buffering. But it worked smoothly and perfectly on the lower qualities, and even though the picture wasn't ideal, you'd be able to watch the show at least. So I think it was foolish of Ring of Honor to
0: not give us the choice of what quality we wanted to watch it in. Mm. That that happened with one before, wasn't it? And I'm pretty sure it was you that found it. It was. If you turned down the quality, then it worked fine. Yeah, I believe it was a uh, Death Before Dishonor X10. Yeah, I think it Need was. Need of emergency. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember you? You're the one that you're the one that found the uh, the magical fix. And yeah. I just realized the uh, share your thoughts on the on uh, the
1: on our website. How would you rate best in the world twenty thirteen? One through five stars, and then there's a six option for buffering. <laughs> that
0: must have been Harry's uh quite the comedian. That is actually in the lead with fifty one percent. Um well, yeah, continuing the show, the second match was the one I thought probably should have start, uh, began the show. It was American Wolves defeating Adrenaline Rush of uh, ACH and Sedaris Thomas. Um, I suppose, unfortunately for you, you didn't see much of this, but it was a really, really good match. I'd probably say the second best uh, on the whole show. Um, ACH and TD Thomas, I think, worked really well as a team. And th- this was another great match. You know, It was, it was sort of the Wolves... You know, the more experienced team trying to teach them a lesson, I think, just sort of showing that, you know, they're the ones that, they're the boss, really. Uh, they used a lot of sort of sneaky moves to get advantages uh, behind the referee's back and stuff like that, and it was just a really good match. The the ending was a bit strange. I watched it a couple of times, and I couldn't really work out what they were going for, or if it was botched. It, it looked a bit botched to me. I mean, ACH 8 sort of went for a 450 splash, and Richards, I think, was supposed to get the knees up, but he, he didn't seem to... Do much and just was, got hit by it, and then just randomly pinned ACH, which was I don't know. It was a, it was a quite a strange finish. Did you actually actually see the finish jump?
1: I think I saw the finish. That sounds vaguely familiar. I just know the match started, then there's buffering issues, then it started working again, and there's a <laughs> this is awesome chant, <laughs> and then it stopped working again. Then the ending came, and that sounds like I think I remember that happening. To be honest with you,
0: yeah, I don't, I don't remember, I don't
1: remember um... it looking weird, but. You know, I, I could have just been so frustrated with the streaming issues that... You I saw something wasn't and you we were just
0: happy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Wrestling, not... yes! <laughs> maybe that was just me then. I don't know. I think they were going for... Because that's how you beat Paul London, wasn't it? Paul London went for the 450 and then he got the knees up. And, and, <laughs> so Richard, and so David Richards' new finishing move is getting his knees up when other opponents had so. the 450 on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, his finishing move when he was world champion was just a kick to the head, which he does 30 times a match. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe that was just me. If someone can... Point you know, point it out if I was wrong, but it just, it don't know, the end just seemed weird. But um, it was a, a fantastic match, a really, really great match between uh, those two teams. Uh, third match up was Adam Cole beating Roderick Strong. Uh, I, I don't think the match quite got to the heights of the one in San Antonio. I was a bit disappointed that the actual match wasn't as good, but I thought the ending was really, really well done. You know, it was the sort of finish that you hardly ever see in Ring of Honor, but it worked so well with Cole's character. Uh, I think Cole hit a super kick off the uh, apron and strong fell through a table on ring uh, by ringside. Um, and as the count sort of got to, got near 20, Cole went, uh, to pick strong up and take him obviously back in the ring to continue the match. And then realized that he could easily win by count out. So he, he rolled back into the ring with a, a smug smile on his face and, uh, picked up the count out win. So, um, it was, it was a good match, not quite as good as the San Antonio one, but I loved the finish. Uh, did you see the finish?
1: Kind of. We saw I saw them fighting on the apron. Then I saw Cole, or I saw Strong through the tape like laying like in the midst of the table. <laughs> and then I saw Cole in the ring, like with the evil smile that he was getting the count-out victory.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought it, it was really well booked. I'm really liking the sort of slow build of Cole's uh, obviously heel turn. Uh, I, th- I think he'll. I think he'll just be much more interesting as a heel than he is as a face. Not that he's not interesting, but I think it will allow him to just do so many more things. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, And
1: like you said, this was a, you know, I thought at least in ring of honor, this is a pretty creative finish because you never see count outs in ring of honor. And especially with the penchant of wrestlers being able to jump right back in the ring at 19 to save the match. Yeah. I thought this worked really well to, make
0: call just that much more of a dastardly heel yeah it, it did and I think that nobody expected it to finish that way everyone was really surprised and as you say like it's a sort of thing that you go oh, d-, you know why would you why would you do that so i think it yeah it just the crowd definitely were booing i think and uh, it was just really well booked so credit to delirious for that was there any kind of post-match
1: handshake attempt or anything or is it just Cole just not that i remember
0: yeah i think he was I think he sort of got out the ring before Strong got back up. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. I don't don't hold me to that, but I don't remember uh, an attempted handshake or anything. Um, the next match uh, was probably the match of the night. I, I think it was match of the night. It was Michael Algin defeating Tommaso Ciampa. Um, before this one, I don't I don't know. I just thought everyone was sort of building this up to be in a fantastic match. And I I do, I really like both guys, but I just thought that maybe their styles wouldn't really sort of mesh very well. But thankfully I was wrong and it ended up being a fantastic match. It was my favorite match of the night. Um, did you see much of this one? I actually saw a good bit of
1: this amidst the buffering issues. Like this was like where the match, where it started to get a little bit better, where you'd probably see 30, 45 seconds, and then buffering, then 30, 45 seconds, then buffering. So... I got an idea of what was happening in the match. I don't think I, I got like the full effect of how awesome this match could be. But even with the issues, how we had it, I still really enjoyed this match. It might have went into overkill in the final few minutes, but I I thought this was like a star-making match for Tommaso Ciampa. This match kind of proved he is able to hang with the, hang with the elite of Ring of Honor. Because, you know, there's kind of been questions in the past of, you know, t- he's good, but how good is he? Is yeah. he main event material, or is he just squash jobbers every week material? And this kind of proved that he is main event material, easily main event material.
0: Yeah. I was, a- and, I was... and
1: and I don't have a problem with him losing. No. Uh, this is like his, like the biggest match of his career so far. And he just come back from the injury. So I don't think the loss here hurts him whatsoever, especially with how competitive he looked. And the way he kicked out of, what, two or three Elgin bombs during this match?
0: Yeah, I, I, he definitely pin, uh, kicked out a one. I think it was yeah, I think it was two. Uh, but yeah, I, I completely agree with what you said. It was all about Champa sort of proving that he could, he you know he could hang with someone like Elgin, who's arguably one of the best, if not the best, wrestler at the moment in Ring of Honor. And I think the the thing with Champa was, you know, when he was out, it's always the same with any sport really. When when somebody's out, they automatically become better than what they are because people, you know, people go, oh, I wish that guy was back, or you know. And I think Champa was good before he got injured. But as you said, I think there were questions about how good he was. You know, was he just a mid-card guy or could he, you know, elevate towards the the main event sort of uh, scene? And I think that, you know, this performance really does suggest that he could easily be, you know, among the sort of uh, top five guys in Ring of Honor because it was just a, a great match. As you said, maybe a bit of overkill towards the end, but, you know, it was a typical sort of Ring of Honor classic match where, you know, both guys just wouldn't go down. It took everything they had and uh, I, I quite like the finish that you know after two Algin bombs Algin didn't go again for the Algin bomb and it, he just to kill him with back fist. yeah then a, a, like a, a really lethal uh clothesline so uh, I like the finish I liked as you said you know Champa lost but uh, I don't think it really uh hurt him at all I think this the whole match and how he looked I think I think it really uh, helped him and you know Al, Algin hopefully now will be going to the world title uh, I don't think he was ever going to lose this match, but it—it it was just a really great match. It helped both guys. It put them both over, and it was just—it was yeah—a really really great match. Uh, after the match, it was quite um, well. I, I think I must say that R.D. Evans was on commentary, uh, and he was abs- he was really really good. I thought it was really funny. Uh, obviously, he used to be Champers, um, used to be Champers' manager, and now uh, tag team partner with Q.T. And Marshall. And after the match, with both guys more or less dead on the apron, Q.T. And Marshall came down. Uh, in a sort of Vince McMahon-style strut, uh, got into the ring, <laughs> slowly took off his uh, suit coat, uh, suit jacket, and then rolled his sleeves up and was going to sort of, you know, pick the bones of Elgin of and Champa And unfortunately, by the time he'd actually uh, got ready, they were both sort of uh, up again and he quickly escaped the ring, which was probably uh, the correct decision. But uh, yeah, really good match. And I, I kind of liked the Q T Marshall sort of thing afterwards as well, because obviously Champa was going to face him the next I'm- day on TV.
1: I might get some hatred for this but I've been finding QT Marshall fairly entertaining these last few months since he hooked up with RD Evans.
0: Yeah, uh, by you know on his own he was, he's just another generic wrestler there's nothing really he adds to the car. but I think him and RD Evans just add something different, you know, they're they're fun, they're a bit of comedy and that you know they're not they're not going to be winning titles anytime soon but they do add something different and yeah, I think they've been pretty entertaining as well so uh yeah, I'm. I'm all for them continuing as a tag team. Uh, that that was intermission. Um, the second half of the show kicked off with the R.H. World TV title match. Matt Taven with Truth Martini in the Hoopla Hotties defending against Jay Lethal and Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, was the second half of the show a bit better than in terms of uh, streams?
1: I thought it was. There's still those issues, though, especially at the end of this match. Was was pretty horrible. We didn't I didn't see anything after uh when Scarlet got in the ring and Lethal ripped her top off. Oh, it was stopped the right there. Time. <laughs> it stopped right there. I was like, "No!" <laughs> and my girlfriend's in the room. She's like, "What happened?" I was like, "I can't explain it."
0: <laughs> damn but, buffering, damn. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, It's cut off right there then the next then it just cut next time it cuts back on. It's Taven holding the belt up, walking down the aisle back to the locker room. So, I didn't see anything last, whatever, a couple minutes of this match until I went back and watched it on replay. This is the
0: one instant where, <laughs> where I wanted to go back and see exactly what happened. Because <laughs> you wanted to see the end of the match, obviously, and how the pinfall occurred. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> because at, at the time, I thought it was just nothing but hoopla, but now I know exactly how it, how it went down. And it, it pretty much was uh, all hoopla. Um, as you say, Scarlet got in the ring and Lethal sort of ripped her, <laughs> ripped her top off um Paul Turner I think quickly ran uh, got into the ring with a with a uh, towel I was wish it... Caleb Seltzer was on commentary so you can hear him freak out about this Yeah that, that, that would have been good I think Nigel said something like get <laughs> get that towel out of there <laughs> <laughs> um yeah Jacobs was uh I uh, don't know what I'm saying now Lethal ripped off Scarlett's top uh and I think Martini got in the ring as well um which led to I believe her name's Silesia. The other hoopla hottie got, got in the ring and went to, she picked up Jimmy Jacobs and went to give him some sort of a uh, move. But then she walked straight into a super kick from Jay lethal who has, has attacked two women in the space of two minutes. So good going for Jay lethal. Um, <laughs> I can Oh yeah. Jimmy Jacobs then hit the cutter off the second rope to, to lethal and, um, as Jacobs went to pin him, I think Truth Martini grabbed his leg from the outside and stopped him from getting over to pin him, and Taven snuck back into the ring and picked up the pinfall uh, on Jay Lethal. So so Jay Lethal's been losing a lot lately. That slip over the top rope
1: at, what was it, Supercard of Honor has really done him in.
0: Yeah, he has He has been losing quite a few, yeah, especially with the whole Scum thing. I know he's, he's lost quite a few tag matches against Scum. Uh, but this match as a whole i thought it was it was it was good it was a lot better than the other triple threat match that uh, taven had with uh, matt hardy and adam cole there was still you know there's still hoopla there's still you know the fi- the finish i thought worked quite well in the end but yeah i thought it was i thought this was a fun match like that's what I, this is the k- kind of
1: matches i think taven and the house of truth need to have because yeah. it, the action was good in the beginning and then something crazy happened and, and the last few minutes of the match was just Pure craziness and just fun. So, if Taven can continue this kind of, I guess, style or this format or formula for his matches, I think his title rank could work out pretty well in the end. But I think the star of this match was Jimmy Jacobs. He had an outstanding showing in this match. Just the combinations he was hitting with, like, the head scissors on Lethal, which he followed up with something else to Taven. Just from start to finish, Jimmy Jacobs was the man. And hopefully, he gets to move on to bigger and better things. There's reports that I have read on the forum that he doesn't want the pressure of being ROH World Champion. But put the TV title on him, at least at some
0: point. He's too good not to hold gold. Yeah, he'd be a great TV champion as well because promo-wise, he's probably one of the best in, in the company. So I think he'd be great for that role. Um, as you say, yeah, it was, it was a really fun match. I mean, um, you know, triple threats can sometimes be a bit crap really but uh, this one was you know they kept it going it was it never stopped it never got slow it was just you know fast-paced action the whole way through it was completely sort of chaotic and I thought it worked really well with the three guys at in it. as you say you know Jimmy Jacobs was a good addition to the match and it was just a it was just a really good match I really liked it um, which is more than can be said for the next match which really disappointed me it was the, uh, for the RH world tag team titles as Red Dragon defended against CNC Wrestle Factory and scum of Rhett Titus and Cliff Compton. Uh, unfortunately, unlike the TV title match, it, was, it wasn't it was fast-paced action. It was very slow. It was very stop and start. And the ending was just bizarre. Uh, it's it, it was almost like it wasn't planned and they just wanted to cut this match short. And I wouldn't have blamed them for that because it was just pretty bad. Um, it really fell flat. It was, it was one of those endings like, that's it? Yeah, it was... I mean, I can't exactly remember what happened. I think um, Cedric hit a brain buster, I think, on Kyle O'Reilly and was sort of uh, sitting up on the mat. And Bobby Fish hit a kick to the side of the head, which obviously, you know, he he hits a lot of kicks. Um, Cedric just sort of collapsed after this kick. Fish drags O'Reilly onto... Unto him obviously he's pinning him and he gets the three count and then Bobby Fish just sort of a lap of honor of the ring um I don't know if it was just sort of to continue the whole red dragon being sort of troll heels by just getting like really cheap wins but I don't I don't know I just thought it was it was a weird finish it just sort of, as you say it came out of nowhere because it was just a kick to the side of the head you know the amount of kicks that are thrown in ring of honor should it really be you know should it really be uh Sort of ending a match I'm not sure but the match as a whole I don't think really worked I don't think the addition of scum added anything to this match at all probably It probably dragged it down quite a lot attracted from the match probably yeah I think it would have been much better if it was just Red Dragon and C&C but uh, I think maybe because it followed the TV title match as well and that was such a good triple threat match that this one just it just didn't it didn't live up to that at all uh, unfortunately and it
1: bothered me that Cedric Alexander is the one who got the pin it's not something that's a big deal in the long run but he had just had like a huge breakout match with Davey Richards, at Live and Let Die, which I will have a review up soon on rohworld.com. That's I promise. <laughs> I promise. I will have that up in the coming days. And he had an outstanding match with Davey Richards in that show. And then for him to come back and have, like, just get pinned like this, it was just, it was just
0: disappointing to see. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I do like the tag team and you know Cedric and and Caprice, but I think Cedric has probably got a singles run after the tag team has finished and obviously he's much younger than capri so i think cedric should be made sort of the the number one guy of of the pair as you say i think maybe capri should be taking pins but uh yeah the match as a whole just wasn't wasn't great uh that led to um matt hardy against kevin steen um before the match steen got on the mic and said that he didn't want any uh dq finishes with the uh, scum interference so he asked nigel to make it an DQ match and he uh, agreed which is probably the best thing in the long run because K- kevin steen and matt hardy on paper isn't going to be a five-star classic is it so i think introducing you know some weapons and uh, just brawling on the outside was probably the best thing for it um it ended with uh, hardy hitting a uh, Twist of Fate onto two chairs after I think he'd have he hit a side effect of a twist of fate on a ladder as well. Uh, but Steen kicked out of it. But the Twist of Fate onto two chairs uh, got him the win. Um it, it, it was a it was a decent match. Uh it, I don't think anybody expected it to be brilliant, mainly because Matt Hardy was in it. Uh, but it was it was passable. Uh, they, it was a lot of brawling, a lot of weapons, which I think was probably the best way to go about it. And it was it was a decent match. I mean it wasn't anything to write home about. Uh, what did you think about it?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a fine match, nothing spectacular, but it wasn't anything
0: I was hating to watch. You know, it was, it was like, this is an enjoyable match, but nothing too special. Yeah, it's and not I one that it... you'd particularly go back and watch, but it's not one that you'd actively skip either. You'd, you know, you'd watch it again, but you wouldn't go back just to watch this match.
1: Exactly. If if you have the DVD or if you're watching a video on demand, it's worth watching, but it's not worth going out of your way to see.
0: Um, obviously, Matt Hardy winning uh, that match... Going into his world title match, the next down the TV tapings. Um, I think they, they beat Steen down afterwards as well, didn't they? Um, I believe so, yes. And I I'm trying to think what. I'm, I'm pretty sure Ring of Honor didn't come down to save him, which obviously plays in still to the Ring of Honor not trusting Steen uh, completely uh, after he left Scum. Uh, and that led to our main event of the evening. Uh, Briscoe Brothers doing battle as Jay Briscoe. Defeated his brother, Mark, for the world title. Um, this was a, a weird kind of match. Watching it, I don't know, there was just something about it that I didn't, I felt it was missing something. Uh, what What was the buffering like in this one, and did, what did you think of the match? The buffering in this one was so incredibly
1: annoying. Anytime they would start to set up a big spot, Buffering. And then it's buffering right after the spot happened, so you just see them like writhing on the ground in agony after the spot hit. So I, like, I missed like a table spot. I missed a couple near falls. Like pretty much like the big build up towards the end,
0: I missed. Hmm. Uh, th- I w- I wasn't a massive fan of this match. It was good, but I don't think it was main event on an eye pay per view caliber match. I don't think. Well, I think a lot of Jay Briscoe's title defenses. Is- have have been good but just not great i think we were spoiled a bit with steen's reign because in the amount, the amount of just amazing matches he had were was just incredible um i expected a bit more i think from especially with you know him facing his own brother uh but i just felt i don't know i felt that was a bit something lacking maybe because no one really bought into mark winning the belt um i'm not really sure but it it was good but it could have been better i think um jay one uh by hitting a j driller i'm pretty sure he hit three didn't he uh he hit two and then mark kicked out of one which annoyed me a little bit i mean i don't mind him kicking out but kicking out of one at, to of me j- i think
1: of... the j driller is the scariest looking move in all of wrestling
0: yeah and for mark to kick out of one especially after you know a grueling match and that was a second one i think it just sort of Shits all over the move, but um, I know we get a lot of that in Ring One, of kicking out of finishers but especially at one, especially in a world title match at after twenty, well 15-20 minutes. I mean that was a bit silly, but um, yeah, the match itself, it, it it was good, but it didn't really reach the heights that I hoped it would. Um, so that's the the whole show. Uh, I suppose you can't really give a a summary of it, John, seeing as you missed quite a lot of it. Um, yeah, there's not much I can really say about it. As a, as a show, it was it was good, but I don't think it was as good as a lot of the shows I've done this year. I think it was probably the weakest i per view of the year so far. Uh, it was probably a weaker than a lot of the house shows I've seen as well, to be honest. Um, but I, you know, it was definitely worth you know $15. You know, the uh, the replay I watched it on uh, Tuesday, and it was it was fine by then. So you, it's definitely fine now if you want to go back and watch it. Uh, it's definitely worth the money. It was, you know, Elgin and Champa was brilliant. Um, the Wolves and adrenaline rush was very good. Uh, the World TV title match was, was great, and even the World title match, it was good. It, it just maybe didn't even maybe didn't reach the the heights that I, I expected it to. Uh, I'd probably give it. I think I gave it three out of five in in my review, which you can read on the uh, Rhworld.com. Uh, but yeah, good show, but probably not as good as some of the ones that have done this year. But I think that says more about the other shows than it does this one. In to all kind right, of so. transition to what we're going to talk about next.
1: How did it rank, how did it do a good job as Ring of Honor's final iPay-per-view
0: ever? Um, probably not, no. I think, there was, as I said, I think it's probably the the worst iPay-per-view of the year. But that's not saying it was bad. Um, but yeah, John alluded to some big news there. Obviously, a lot of streaming issues. Uh, Ring of Honor, again, sort of staying silent throughout the show, which I know annoyed a lot of fans. That was the most
1: annoying part to me. Because during the show, people were tweeting them about the buffering issues, about the various issues going on the pay-per-view. And what do they do? Text Post a vine. Text a day
0: to, to whatever number to receive a picture of Michael Elgin. <laughs> and posted a vine of the Wolves intro. I remember seeing, um, seeing that during the show. Maybe I should have just watched Vine instead of ordering the- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, their customer service isn't great, especially during the shows when the, the buffering issues. Um, but I know a lot of people were – we are very annoyed, and I th- know a lot of people uh, requested refunds, which was yeah, completely uh, justified. And a couple of days uh, after the show, Ring of Honor uh, announced that that was the last pay per view, at least for the foreseeable future. No more pay per views. Um, I mean, in terms of what you think of the decision, John, in my opinion, I think it's the right decision. Uh, I was going to say that Ring of Honor should just stop doing them. If they don't know how to do them, just stop doing them because. The only, you know, the only publicity of Ring of Honor getting from these is bad publicity. Uh, you know the, the amount of times that they've screwed up now, they've got no one else to blame apart from themselves. Until you can get it down and 99.9% of the time you get it right, just just forget it. Um, what, what do you think about the decision? I think it was the right decision to
1: uh, cancel further iPad interviews until they know for a fact they can get them right every single time. But I think it's sad they have to make that decision because I think i pay per view could be a major asset for not just ring of honor but any wrestling company because fans obviously want to watch it live and if you give them the opportunity to they're going to jump on that jump on that chance. And I think it was a, a major revenue stream and a major source of income for Ring of Honor. And the fact that they screwed it up so many times that they're losing that is pretty bad. But I think those fans most of them at least will be willing to continue on to the video on demand, especially if Ring of Honor is able to film a show on Saturday, get it up but then the week, yeah, I, I think I think fans would be okay with that, but I but it's just sad that they were for so long unable to figure out how to get these i pay per views to work, after how many
0: tries that they have. I know a lot. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely sad. I think you know in a perfect world, if they could get them working, then it'd be it'd be perfect. But uh, they haven't been able to. Uh, you know the amount of times that they've screwed up now, is uh, is ridiculous. So it's probably the best decision overall to stop them. Hopefully, in the future, they'll actually figure out how to do them properly. But I'm not holding, uh, holding my breath, to be honest. Um, in terms of... i that, say so that, that was pretty big news this week. There was other massive news. Uh, the two guys that were in the main event of Best in the World could both be gone. Um, Jonathan, do you want to talk about it a bit more?
1: Uh, yes, the Briscoes, Jay and Mark, could be on their way out of Ring of Honor. Um, PW Insider reported that Sunday's TV tapings were the last bookings for both men for the foreseeable future. There's been some conflicting reports on the reasoning. I've seen possibly that Jay's tweets could be it, like, and they just let the contracts run out, as SBG did without re signing them, or that uh, the Briscoes could be moving on to the greener pastures of the WWE. So we're going to have to just kind of wait and see how it plays out. But there is a chance that the, we have seen the last of the Briscoes in the Ring of Honor for at least the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's sad news. But I think we'll discuss more about that uh, after the TV uh, results. Because obviously... Because I got some things to say <laughs> about that. Yeah, because obviously, you know, Jay was facing Matt Hardy on the uh, the TV tabers on the Sunday. So we'll discuss more about the Briscoes... Uh, and that match uh, obviously when we get to the spoilers so we don't want to spoil the result or anything for anybody uh so moving on now um we're gonna discuss some of the uh topics that you've sent in and some uh some questions sorry for no music this week uh, harry is the music man um but unfortunately yeah he's he's with the investors or that's what he tells us
1: i think he's trying to get better music for us
0: yeah that that would be that'd be very well received i think uh as you can tell our music is very budget Um, you know the ones that we use isn't great Uh, we'll start on the forum Northwoods Nightmare says uh, suggestions for episode 100 I know scheduling and everything is probably hard but you can maybe get return guests who are no longer under contract like TJP you could also have a segment where you recall the best moments in ROH and on the podcast since you guys started I don't think there have been any good moments on the podcast about I think it's all been pretty downhill from episode one but um, I'm sure we could find a few uh, yeah I, I like the the suggestion of maybe getting guys who have left um, TJP maybe the young books back again I know they were they were great on the podcast last time but I, I don't think we're 100% sure it's still on what's happening for episode 100 I know we're going to try and get some guys on but whether that will come to fruition we're not sure but we'll try our best
1: and if the ROH cast force has any great memories from the from past ROH casts, uh, let us know what those are, and we'll try to include audio clips for episode 100 and a special montage that I'm sure Harry will love to put together for everybody.
0: Yeah. If you guys want to listen to the past 95 episodes and tell us which episodes have the best sort of, uh, clips and that, that'd be absolutely perfect. So just the ninety-five and tell us, and, and tell us the times of those clips. Yeah. just the and, th- and, if you,
1: <laughs> and if you could edit them out yourselves
0: and send it to us, that'd be perfect. <laughs> you know, there are 700 of you on the forum. If one of you does, you know, if 95 of you have one podcast each, that won't take you very long. I mean, come on, help us out a bit. Um, KL underscore says, Stephen, you wanted more exercises to learn Polish. So here you go. Oh, I shouldn't have done this. Um, all right. Good morning. I'm. It looks like Gien Dobry, and good evening looks like Dobry Wichtor. That 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 sounds pretty accurate. I think. I used to right, know. Steven,
1: so, since you're the Polish expert. Okay. What yeah. does? I'm gonna say it the American way. What does Dobry mean? Because it's the second word in good morning, but it's the first word in good evening.
0: Wow. that's that that's, that I haven't got to that point yet. I don't think I haven't got to my advanced classes yet. I'm sure KL in school will tell us. Um, and the third one is welcome, which Vi... Vitachi? Vit Vitachi. <laughs> I think I've I think I've murdered that one unfortunately. But thank you for those. Hopefully I got them somewhere near correct. Um, some of the questions from KL. Uh, Do you think Bobby Fish has what it is needed to be RH TV champion? Uh, eventually yeah I think he does I think he's I got... think
1: Bobby Fish has has what it takes to be the RH world champion I think he's an amazing talent it's probably a couple of years away from him to hold the world title I think the TV championship is more along the lines but he can hold in the near future but I think the sky's the limit with Bobby Fish I think he has the charisma and the in-ring talent to go far
0: yeah I think definitely I would completely agree I think once Red Dragon are, are finished I think he'll definitely have a, a really good singles run uh, yeah, by the time he, you know that, has, that tag team has finished, I think world well, title wouldn't be out of his reach. As you say, you know, he's really charismatic and he's great in the ring as well. So they're the two things you really need and he's got them both. So I think definitely TV champion. I think he'd work well as that eventually. Uh, triple threat match, Harry versus Steven versus John. Who would win?
1: Well, I am the American bearded nightmare. I'm not afraid to poke some eyes and rake some backs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd agree that mean John would uh, form a union and make sure Harry was out of the situation. And then I can hit you with the finger poke of doom to cover you, right? <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what would happen. So John would win with the finger poke of doom, I think. Um, how about trying to convince RH to bring back Jack Evans? Um, I'd be I, okay with it. Yeah, I, I didn't mind him. when I wasn't a massive fan. Isn't he, is not he in Mexico now? Is he still in Mexico? Yeah, he, I believe he's been in Mexico for <laughs> the past few years. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, he, I wouldn't be against uh, bringing him in, but uh, the next question is from Spanky on you, who says, "Are you in the money?" We're always in the money. That's why Harry's off with the investors to make sure we're continually in the money. Um, thoughts on Cornet shitting all over the Steen generic, all over Steen Generico in his little shoot. Uh, I haven't listened to it. Was it on PW Inside? I think he did it.
1: I believe so. I've seen the I've seen the kind of transcript of what somebody posted on the forum, and he pretty much said Steen Generico kind of set wrestling back a few years and that their storyline had no place in Ring of Honor, especially like the hardcore aspects of it. Yeah. And I just think it's stupid because it doesn't matter. The fans were reacting to it. The fans loved it. And if you're a wrestling promoter and booker, you should book what the fans love and want to see. And that's obviously what the fans were into at the time and still are into because Steen Generico is still one of the best feuds in Ring of Honor history. So if Cornette doesn't like that, Cornette is so far out of touch with reality at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I remember hearing about, I think Steen mentioned it on one of his shoots, that after one of the, sh- the matches they had in that few, they came backstage and um, Cornette was just going absolutely crazy saying how bad it was. And uh, I think as you say there, that I think a lot of people in wrestling are uh, guilty of doing that. They they book what they think fans want rather than what actually fans want I know a lot of WWE fans don't like the way WWE's booked at the moment and you know say that you know what fans want isn't being produced and I think Cornette is while he has a good wrestling mind I think you know he, he just didn't know what the Ring of Honor fan base wanted I don't I don't think he really understood what Ring of Honor was I still don't think he does because as you say you know the Steen Generico feud is probably one of the best in Ring of Honor history and how is that so if, if it was bad, you know, as bad as Cornette thinks? I think Cornette was, just, as you say, he's completely out of touch now. He was, he's was he got a good mind for wrestling, but... Uh, yeah, he, he's, he'll be good, probably still be good in different circumstances. I just don't think Ring of Honor was
1: the right place for him.
0: Yeah, and I think he would have been a good asset to keep, but just not anywhere near sort of booking or uh, creative. Because, you know, he knows a lot of, about how to produce TV and stuff like that, but... Uh, Yeah, creatively-wise, I think he's just done him rest, and he hasn't evolved with the times, unfortunately. Um, Next question. Where does Cheeseburger shop for clothes? The toilet store? (laughs) Exactly. I think that's what I was going to say as well. Um, Will this caged warfare even come close to the brilliant match finale of CZW versus ROH? No, I don't think. It'll be difficult to on... (laughs) Cable television to match that. Yeah, and I think the whole feud isn't anywhere near as heated as that one because that feud was just so well done. Because I don't know, it, it felt so real as well. Like this, obviously, the scum thing is just you know, it's 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 just another it sort of ta- uh, stable angle, isn't it? Whereas the CGW one was just it was just so well done that I don't think you'll I don't think anything will. C- uh, you know get near that in, in the future to be honest it was just so well done that whole storyline um but yeah we'll have to be interesting to see how cage warfare does play out on tv because uh, uh, in reading the spoilers it was quite interesting so hopefully it will turn out well um burnside says you may have addressed this before but considering that wrestlers use expletives on roh's ipad Views dvds view on demands and web videos In fact, everything except the TV show. Why no profanity on ROH cast? Not a huge issue, but seems a little odd. Obviously, Ring of Honor fans are not really bothered by profanity.
1: I keep it clean for the
0: kids. Yeah. Fuck you, Burnside. Jesus. (laughs) Um, Jackalope3. I don't know if he's still in the contract or has a non-disclosure agreement, but how about Jim Cornette as a guest for the 100th episode? I think it's obvious that he doesn't have a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, that would be great, but I don't think we'd be able to get him on. um He's probably no, too. That kind, not with that kind of attitude. We won't. <laughs> not that after we've just completely buried him, saying he, he hasn't got a clue. um it, It'd be great. He'd be a really great guest. Uh, as you said, I'm sure there would be no shortage of questions from the RH cast force for that one. I'm not sure we'd be able to a- ask most of them. To be honest, I think he'd just hang up and just have to go fuck ourselves or something. So, uh, but yeah, it would be a really interesting guest. But I'm. I'm don't think we'll be able to get him on. Uh, lots of questions this week. DX vs NWO. Which wrestler or wrestlers do you think suffered most from the Jim Cornette era of ROH? This is the return of Jim Cornette. We're getting loads of Cornette questions. Um, who do you think suffered most from the Jim Cornette era? That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. I think maybe Davey Richards. Maybe not suffered, but the way he was booked just made him look stupid. I think he yeah. you know, he admitted himself that he he looked stupid the way it was booked. Um, I don't think he really uh, like killed anybody's career or anything but I think he maybe had a bit of an adverse effect on Mondo, the way he pushed him so hard um but I don't think he sort of i don't think he's suffering from that um hmm, I can't really think of anyone else uh, no I th- I th- maybe a bit Jay Lethal again but maybe just because of the way Davey... i think he's just his character was pretty bad. So he came off looking a bit goofy, but that was that was these character rather than anything else. Um, I think
1: Mike Mike Bennett probably suffered the most. Mike Bennett or Rhett Titus. Rhett Titus was on the cusp of well actually won the ROH yeah. World Tag team titles. And then after the Kenny King fiasco, they just watched the I guess the aftermath of that so horribly that
0: we have what we have today with Rhett Titus. Mm. I think that's also down a lot to Reptiles himself just for some reason not being as good as he was, I've no idea why but I don't I don't, don't know what happened with him um, if the Briscoes are indeed gone do you see RH bringing in a tag team to fill the void in the division uh, also who do you think RH should push to the forefront now that the Briscoes and potentially Dery Richards if he decides not to say are seemingly, seemingly out of the picture um, I think they're not. I think they're okay for tag teams at the moment, especially with R.D. Evans and Q.T. Marshall, and obviously Adrenaline Rush are teaming permanently now. I think maybe another team, but I don't think they're in desperate need of another team. And I think they should push to the forefront the C.N.C. Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, there's been lots of rumors about Damien Richards. Maybe I think it's aug- the end of August. His contract's up, and a lot of people are saying that he won't resign. Um, I think if, it, if he doesn't resign, they could always just team eddie edwards with
1: roderick strong and bring the dojo bros to ring of honor which i hear is a worldwide phenomenon across the independent <laughs> scene i haven't yet seen it elsewhere
0: i've heard about it yeah it looks adam cole's in it as well isn't he i think
1: oh that's that could be a winning trio right there
0: yeah um a couple of questions about possible spoilers so we'll talk to the, talk about those after the tv taping uh, spoilers uh, with Cheeseburger's so first match coming up at night of Hoopla and him now feuding with Bennett with Charlie Haas Charlie on, what are your thoughts on the character? I still think it's brilliant. If anybody has seen the Live and Let Die
1: show yet, his segment with Truth Martini might be the single greatest segment Ring of Honor has produced this year. I don't think I've laughed that hard at a wrestling segment in forever.
0: I remember you... Um, you uh text me the other day and it's it did it does sound very very entertaining i think it's a sort of it's a sort of gimmick that after a few months it'll probably get a bit samey and a bit boring but for now you know he's, he's popular and it'll be interesting to uh that night of hoopla event i mean i don't know if anyone saw the uh the honor on a roll the uh hoopla, hoopla roll that's it the hoopla roll that was actually really well done and just talking about the guys that they've booked and the uh, the ones that they haven't, and, and it looks like a really interesting show. I hope that one's on view on demand as well. Because yeah, if you haven't seen it, Q T Marshall is not booked, and yeah. they make a huge deal out He's of it. He's not booked, and Truth <laughs> Martini is very happy about him not being booked. And Scarlett um, is a fantastic singer too. Yeah, that was a really good duet with her and Jimmy Jacobs. That would be. I think she start she tried to sing to Steen as well, but he wasn't. Yeah, Steina's the shut up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was a really well done uh, video though, so go and watch that. Uh, that's the end of the topics we can have with sort of no spoilers in. Uh, so we'll discuss the spoilers now. So if you do not want to know uh, any of the spoilers from the TV tapings from Sunday for the next four weeks, please uh, skip ahead. Um, or sometime. Maybe, yeah. Well, um... I
1: mean. We're, everything we're going to discuss from here on out will be spoilers. Yeah, that's a it. good
0: point. So yeah, maybe maybe turn off if you're if you don't want to hear spoilers. So thank you for listening to us this week. If you uh, do want to listen to the spoilers, then we will do them now. Um, so yeah, at the Burns Arena on Sunday, obviously the same uh, building that they did the Best in the World in. Uh, episode one. Um, July, well, Harry Harry thinks uh, this will be shown July the 6th. Uh, the first match was Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander defeating John Silver and Alex Reynolds via the overtime. Um, not sure who John Silver and Alex Reynolds are, but at least, uh, at least I've, CNC, I,
1: I, I have some inside information on them. They appeared in Evolve Wrestling about a year ago, and I saw them live, and I was really impressed by them. And I'm happy to see both John Silver and Alex Reynolds get a shot on Ring of Honor television because they are both really good. And it's
0: great to see CNC pick up a much-needed win here. Yeah, they, they desperately needed to win. Uh, I'm glad that they've, they've actually got a victory. Um, next up, Nigel McGuinness revealed that Mark Briscoe is out of steel cage warfare due to an injury sustained at best in the world. Uh, Kevin Steen comes out and demands to be Mark's replacement. This led to Scum interfering and taking out Steen. However, Team ROH made the save indicating that Steen may be on Team ROH after all. Um, Then we had Mischief defeating Vader Scott via obliteration, which is a second rope pole driver. So Vader Scott takes defeat in her first in-ring match in Ring of Honor. Uh, Adam Page defeated Silas Young via victory roll. After the match, Silas beat Dan Page. So I'm glad that we're going to start seeing more of Silas Young and... Hopefully they'll do something with him because I think he's got a lot of promise. Uh, he's, a, you know, he's a really dependable guy to have in the mid card, and he's, you know, he's quite charismatic as well. So I think he's he's definitely a guy that they should have around, uh, you know, doing more than what he's doing now, anyway. Uh, <clears throat> and the main event of the first show uh, was for the RH World TV title as Matt Taven defeated Eddie Edwards with his uh, modified DDT that really needs a name because. We just call it a modified DDT. A bit...
1: If the ROH cast force has a good name, please submit it.
0: Yeah, we'd love a. I'm sure Taven would love a name for it as well. Uh, but yeah, it's it's good that Taven's defeated uh, Edwards. It'd be interesting to see on TV whether it was like really interfered. Uh, you know, but still of defeating, blah. but still for Taven to defeat the first ever Triple Crown winner
1: in Ring of Honor history. That's a big victory for him, even if it is marked by other outside interference. But as uh, yeah, a whole, this true. sounds like a very action-packed show.
0: Mm, four matches. So uh, I think that's probably... I don't, I'm not sure if there's any ever been four matches on one episode before. But,
1: four matches and a pretty important promo segment. So. Yeah. Seems like an episode to watch.
0: Mm, definitely. Uh, episode 2, July the 13th, it's going to air. Tommaso Ciampa defeat QT Marshall via running knee. A massive surprise there. Uh, but here is a good bit of news. Prince Nana... Watched on from the way. We in the money. Is Prince Nana getting involved? Who knows? Um, next up, Mike Bennett defeated an unnamed local wrestler in a squash match. After the match, Bennett claims that RH has begged him to stay. And then he tried to hand the contract uh, to Cheeseburger, who had come into the ring. He instead attacks him, which sees Brutal Bob hit the ring to aid the attack. But Bennett turns on him before pro- proclaiming that the there, prodig- yeah, the prodigy is dead. So, Cheeseburger gets beaten up, Brutal Bob gets beaten up. Everyone's getting beaten up. So, we need to see a Cheeseburger and Brutal Bob t- tag team. Wow, that yeah, that's that's money right there. That is... Why has no that's, one thought of this before? I mean, it apparently looks like Delirious might have. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Bennett's sort of... He seems to be having sort of uh, a more serious sort of gimmick now. Yeah, I think this could be a good turn if, if it
1: turns into like kind of like a bitter veteran who is mad he never got his break despite
0: his talent or something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, I like the way well. that he he needs to be freshened up because he's been so badly managed over the past two years or so that he definitely needs something new and something fresh to if if he's going to stick around, which it looks like he is now, uh, he definitely needs to be uh, sort of freshened up a bit. Uh, after that, Jay Briscoe came down for a promo and said that he may be hurt, but he's still breathing and says that Matt Hardy will have to pry the title from his cold hands.
1: Now, doesn't uh, this seem like a promo to set up that he's losing the title?
0: Yeah, sort of making excuses like, oh, I'm really hurt. I'm really... Yeah, it does a bit. Uh, oh, main... We'll
1: have to find out here in a minute if he actually loses or not.
0: Yeah. The main event of that show uh, was for the RH World Tag Team titles as Red Dragon defeated C&C via Chasing the Dragon. The American Wolves, Scum, and Adrenaline Rush brawled at ringside during the match.
1: Which... Why couldn't we have seen that during Best in the World instead of the terrible triple threat?
0: I know. I, w- I would have much rather seen that. It's a, it's a shame that c have, have lost, but uh, I don't think anyone's going to buy them winning the titles on TV. Um... Or even winning the titles at
1: all at this point. The way they've been kind of pushed down the rankings of the tag team, losing to Scum and all the time, and being Red Dragons whipping boys.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, episode three now, July the 20th. This looks like a really good show. Two really big matches. Uh, first match, Roderick Strong defeat Adam Cole via DQ. Uh, Strong called out Cole after the cheap finish to the match at Best in the World, and it led to another match. There was a ref bump at one point, which allowed Steve Carino to throw a chain into the ring. Strong tried to get rid of it before before Cole used it and got disqualified. Their collusion? He's, a, he's the collusion between Steve Crona and Adam Cole. Who knows? Um, and following that match uh, was the one we've all been waiting for RH World Title match Jay Briscoe versus Matt Hardy. And Jay Briscoe defeated the icon, the man that will not die, the man with over 800,000 Twitter followers, Matt Hardy, with man a who small. Lives
1: in a, the man who lives in a mansion.
0: Yeah, and sleep some money. He defeated him with a small package. Um, post-match, both Team ROH and Team Scum hit the ring and begin to brawl. Rhino hit a gore and Briscoe uh, before Hardy. Stole the world title, wore it. He somehow got it around his his, his uh, stomach. Uh, and st- Did, did Steen ever actually wear the title? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, and then he smashes Jay's arm in a steel chair, and Scum stood still, stood still, stood tall, heading into steel cage warfare. So okay, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I wasn't going to say anything. Do you want to add something? The post match attack is apparently, a, from what I've
1: read, a way for Ring of Honor to write Jay Briscoe off of television for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Which means he left as world champion, right? Yep, yeah, so... Why couldn't he have easily just lost the belt here to Matt Hardy and then
0: have Matt Hardy drop the belt at the next show and face Michael Elgin then? This is the, this is the frustrating thing with Ring of Honor, that, you know, this happened with Kenny King, you know, he said, oh, I'm going to re-sign, I'm going to resign. yeah, great, give him the title, and then he just, right, I'm off. Apparently, Ring of Honor knew well in advance. I mean, they know when, when people's contracts are running up. Surely they have... They're not... Well, we say that, you know, when they had the young books they didn't even mention anything to the Young Bucks and obviously didn't know when their qu- contracts uh, ended. So we've got the world champion now isn't actually contracted to Ring of Honor yet he's still world champion. As you say, couldn't they have just given Hardy the belt and just have him lose it to Elgin or to Cole or someone at the next paper, or the next big show? Yeah, because Hardy's been built up so perfectly just to take the belt off, off Briscoe, even though it's not what the fans want to see. No, but at this point yeah, I'd, I'd rather Hardy have the belt than I mean, at the at the moment, we have no world champion because Jay Briscoe might as well just not have the belt because he's not in Ring of Honor anymore at this point. We have no world champion.
1: Stole the belt regardless, so the belt is still in Hardy's possession, even though he lost. What they I don't understand why they couldn't have had Hardy beat Briscoe in an underhanded fashion, maybe like how he beat Adam Adam Cole at Final Battle, and then still have the Scum beatdown post match to really drive it home that Scum could really be in charge.
0: Yeah, I I, can, okay, I, have, before, I agree.
1: This just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: No, I don't know how they're gonna get the you know get a new world champion now. Whether they're gonna have a tournament, which I hate tournaments for belts. It's just so cliched and crap. Unless
1: they can get you know Jade to agree to one more date before he goes, or.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully they do. But with with the statement that Ring of Honor put out, well, it was not a statement. It was just like a, a news piece, a really kayfabe news piece saying that you know both Briscoes were have suffered injuries. So um, maybe they could do something where like Jay demanded another match as champion, and then he obviously you know he's, he loses it that way. Then, but it, it could have easily been avoided, and now they've backed themselves into a corner yet again. And I'm not sure how they're going to get out of it. Uh, that leads to episode four, uh, July the 27th. Uh, American Wolves defeated Mike Sidown, an unknown partner via top rope double stomp from Davey. A uh, bit of a nothing match really. Uh, and that led to the only other match on this show, Steel Cage Warfare, as Team Ring of Honor defeated Scum. So Scum are done. Uh, what? Scum, are, uh, Scum are done. Uh, that's the end of that. Um. Nice knowing you. Yeah. N- not really sure. A lot of people on the forum are actually surprisingly really happy about this. I mean, I get a lot of people's points that, you know, the scum storyline was sort of dragging down a bit, of the, you know, the match quality, and I do agree with that, but this is such a big storyline that, you know, it's, it's basically kicked in properly since the 11th anniversary. So it's been, I don't, when, when was that? Was it March? February? Late February,
1: early March sometime.
0: So what, it's been three, not even four months, and it was such a massive storyline that I thought personally it was going to end at Final Battle. And it's ended what, f- not even four months into it. It's, it's been cut short. Um, this, this did really surprise me. Although after Hardy didn't win the bout, I kind of thought that they were going to do this. Um, yet Kevin Steen did replace Mark Briscoe in the match. Uh, Scum won the coin flip and got the man advantage. Uh, Jacobs and Whitmer started the match off. Titus was in next, followed by Algin and Cliff Compton. Whitmer was the first eliminated before Jay Lethal and Rhino uh, entered and Rhino was eliminated by Lethal. Steam was the last in and immediately attacked Har- uh, was immediately tapped by Hardy. Sorry. The cage door was left open, and all guys quickly spilled out of the ring. Titus was next eliminated by Lethal, uh, but the Lethal was then pinned by Compton after a chair shot. Elgin uh, then eliminated Cliff Compton, but Steve Crino managed to uh, hit Elgin with a fireball, uh, and that led to Elgin being pinned. I'm amazed that Elgin wasn't the one to win this for everybody. I know. This really... I, I really thought... Because, I mean, Algin has really been the one guy from Ring of Honor that's been, really been built up during this feud. You know, the amount of time he's been left on his own fighting two against one and he's just looked a beast. I, I really thought Algin would be the one to really, like, save Ring of Honor, so to speak. But, yeah, Algin uh, is on the end of a fireball from Carino. Uh, so, that leaves uh, Jacobs and Steen as the only two guys left. Um... Carino tries to give a fire, well, tries to deliver a fireball to Steen as well, but Nigel comes down to the ring and saves. Uh, saves Steen. I believe he hit a uh, lariat on Carino. I remember reading that somewhere. Uh, this led to Steen pinning Jacobs and Team Ring of Honor win. So Scum have to disband. Uh, it's not you know. It wasn't that all the guys in Scum have to leave, but you'd think you know, storyline wise, that why how would Nigel want any of them to stick around? Um. Adam Cole was apparently on the entranceway afterwards. Uh, Nigel well tells Scum to leave. Jacob's leaves of his own accord, which may point to Jacob staying around. Uh, I really hope that's true. Uh, as Hardy and Carina require security to be uh, escorted out of, the, uh, out of the ring. So that's it. The massive storyline, the massive thing that we thought was going to drive Ring of Honor for the whole of the year uh, is over. Um, bit of a strange one, I must admit. Uh, where does this leave the guys in scum in mean, cliff compton is he done i, I can't I really see much point. yeah
1: done. i don't see what he can do really
0: no there's not much point for them keeping him around rhino i think he'll just go back to being what he was before he'll just like have one match every few months they need a guy a, a, you know he's a, he's a good guy to have around for a good match now and again but he's not going to i can't see him uh you know, becoming a main part of the company or anything. Uh, Rhett Titus, I, I think Rhett could be done now. To be honest, I don't. It's a shame because he he has so much potential. When you know, when Kenny King left, I really thought, I honestly thought that Rhett Titus would could possibly be the next world champion because, you know, that's when Steen was still champion. I remember they gave him the title shot against Steen, and they really seemed to be building him up, but he just hasn't been able to deliver in the ring. He just has been really stale since his injury. I think he might have come back too soon from the injury. Uh and that really hampered him and he's just he just I think he's just lost a bit of spark. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the last we see of tights at least for the near future. Uh I mean the only two guys I'd really want to stay stick around well I wanna see uh, Steve Carino and Jimmy Jacobs. And I think I think those two will be sticking around. Uh, Hardy will probably be around for a while. Um and it's yeah interesting to Adam Cole was on their en- entrance way, especially after receiving help from Carino a bit earlier. I mean, could we see Adam Cole being managed by Steve Carino or something like that? I could see something like
1: that happening, yes, because Carino is so great at just being the heel mouthpiece. And while you know Cole is still great on the mic, he might need some help establishing himself as the heel in Ring of Honor. And I think the perfect person to do that would be Steve Carino.
0: Mm, I think that would be. I think it'd be great. I don't think Cole really needs sort of a mouthpiece or anything, but I think that would just really. Just drive it home. Yeah, it would really just increase the hatred for him. Um, so, yeah, that's the end of the TV tapings. We've got a few more questions now. Uh, DXS NWO 94. After the events of the TV tapings, where does Jimmy Jacobs go from here? Uh, from the sound of the report, it sounds like um, he was the one that was just, just sort of left of his own accord. And I think, I remember someone at the show posting on the forum that apparently when Carino tried to hit Steen with the, the fireball, I think Jacobs was telling him not to and said that this was enough. So at least he's shown remorse and I, I, th- I think Nigel sort of um, pity him a bit and maybe let him stick around for a bit because I think he deserves to be. I mean, he's as, as, as you said, John, he was so good at best in the world and he's just, he's just a really great guy to have around. You know, He was good in the ring, great character, great promo. So... I, ho- I really hope he just stick around, and I, I think there's plenty of the seeds to be able to keep him. And I think a
1: face turn might be in order for the way everything sounds like it was coming out of the television tapings, too.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think definitely that, that could happen, yeah. Uh, can you say this? Uh, wow, after reading the results from the iPad viewing the TV tapings, I have no clue where this is going to end up. Two questions. One, could we see a Steen-Jimmy tag team after the Scum story? And could a Steen-Jimmy tag team work? I think that'd be interesting, but I'm not really sure how it would work at this point. Um, I don't think Steen should be in a tag team at this point. Um, I think the bigger
1: question is like, where can Steen go from here too?
0: Yeah, all that it's a, it's a one, done. Isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of questions. As you say there are a lot of questions, uh, sort of going forward from here now. Uh, number two, could Algin be the next RH World Champion, or do you think he will get it before the end of the year and beat the person who beat Jay for the title? If anybody beats Jay for the title. Um, I mean, he's Algin number one contender now. I think he's actually number one contender. Now, Hardy's had his shot. Um, I still don't know who's going to be world next world champion. This whole Jay leaving thing is really trying to spanner into the works. Um, I think if anybody's going to be world champion, next, it's going to be Algin. I just can't... who, Who else would... I can maybe see Cole. Yeah. I mean, they seem to be taking this whole... Sort of uh, heel turn very slowly. I think it's going to be one of Algin or Cole. I can't see anybody else being the next world champion, but I kind of hope it's Algin, uh, depending on how quickly they they go with Cole. What uh, one, one e- either of those guys will be great world champions. I think so. Uh, Aduval 84 is the uh, next question. What do you think about the serious lack of heels on the current roster? Seriously, there are literally no main event heels right now, and it could be said that the company's top heel, at least prior to this weekend, is Steve Carino, a glorified manager. Of the six Jay Briscoe World Title defences, five of them have been babyface versus babyface matches. And who, besides Adam Cole, uh, whom we will see turning heel eventually, do you think RH could or should turn heel sooner rather than later successfully? um yeah that's it's a good point um i suppose yeah cole will be the main heel if if he well when he turns um i know i'll be people who have followed rh world for a long time will remember that i used to do a series called creative direction near the sort of start of the site where i just sort of just sort of fancy book a random guy and say where i think they should go and i'm going to be doing one on uh, cnc next i'm uh, bringing that back uh, at least for the time being. And I think, I honestly think CNC could maybe, uh, you know, turn heel. And I think that could work because I say that mainly because I know when they posted that uh, video on YouTube of them asking to be put into steel cage warfare and they were ignored. Um, you know, they've been losing a lot recently and they could say that, you know, they defended Ring of Honor against Scum. And, you know, what was the point of that? You know, that, that their big title match on I pay per view was ruined when they put Scum into the match. You know, they've been. Sort of halted um, by Nigel in a way as well. So, I think maybe C and um, I mean, who? I don't know who else could could be healed.
1: Could really turn heel. Um, I'm looking at the roster now I'm trying to figure it
0: out. You
1: look. I mean, just really just main event guys. I mean,
0: there are. I would
1: really think somebody like Bobby Fish could easily, or maybe even Kyle O'Reilly at this point could slide in to the occasional main event spot. Maybe like upper mid Carter. For like I for not iPad reviews anymore, but like major events, and then like main event for television. I think there's there' the two people that are really poised to do that, but I'm not really sure. Like you said, only Adam Cole is the only main major option to do that right now.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's so a it's a it's a weird one, but uh, I think there's a lot of as I said a lot of questions coming out of the TV tapings, and it'll be interesting so to see where they go next. Uh, and the last couple of questions on Facebook from Ken. Uh, number one, with RH's new policy regarding interviews, do you think this will prevent guys like Kevin Steen and Truth Martini from being on the Art of Wrestling podcast? Probably not, because well, I don't know. I, just, I don't think that will happen. No, um, I just think they will bypass the things to talk
1: to their friends. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we're obviously not close to them in any way, and They've been hanging out with Colt Cabana for upwards of 10 years now, so they'll
0: be more inclined to just hang out with a friend and talk to them than to have to come on. And it's not like Colt would really be like annoyed if Ring of Honor was pissed off that he, he had one of their guys on the show anyway. I think he'd probably like it. So uh... Yeah. <laughs> Number two, if Joe Coff's brother Jack was in financial debt, do you think Joe would help his brother Jack Coff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ken. Oh, Ken. <laughs> Um, so that's the end of the uh, show this week uh, yeah it was a bit of a long one but there's a lot to talk about um, probably stuff we missed out but it's, uh, I think we've been over an hour now so we probably bored you enough well, thanks a lot for all the questions you've sent in loads on the forum uh, you can send in some for next week uh, on the forum rhworld.com slash forum on our Facebook page or on Twitter at rh underscore world uh, thanks to John for joining mate thank you for having me and we'll see you all next week